Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm your host, Big Jace, and joined as always with the crew, Joe Aguirre, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay. And we got a fun show today. I mean, we're going to get eventually get into the conference championships. But to lead us off, the Giants have the 11th overall pick. I'm going to give you guys some names, and I want to tell you, and I want you to tell me how you think they can fit into the Giants. Starting off with you, Joe, you've been a big supporter of Alabama all year. Devontae Smith, he has been – I mean, he won the, He wins the Heisman. He is a sure number one receiver. We've talked about how much the Giants need a number one receiver. Can the Giants do something to get Devontae Smith, trade up possibly, or – should that be a opportunity for the Giants? Should they take that opportunity if it heeds itself? I don't think they should move up, and I don't think he's going to be there at 11, which is certainly a bummer because, you know, you'd like to see somebody like that fall. And there's still the combine. There's still plenty of reasons to uh, believe that that maybe um, the hype won't be all there. There's still people that think that Jalen Waddle's a better receiver or Jamar Chase so I, you know, I think the other thing that's really going to depend on is which teams are coming for a quarterback, because if there's movement there for quarterbacks, then I think there's a greater chance that uh, a guy like uh, Devonte Smith could fall a little bit further. But uh, to, to me, it doesn't make sense for the Giants to trade um, assets in order to move up. I think you take best available when you get to pick eleven. Okay, all right. Now, Sean, Joe just mentioned Jamar Chase. How do you think he would fit in if he were to get fall to that 11 spot? Um, obviously, I would love to have Jamar Chase. Um, I think that he's going to be a number one receiver in the NFL for a very long time. Uh, he's a very physical receiver. He goes up and makes, you know, 50-50 contested catches. And uh, and also, you know, he, he's a speedster, so uh, he'll, he'll break away from tackles in a, in a hurry. So I really like Jamar Chase. I think uh, he's right up there with Devontae Smith. I think they're 1A and 1B in uh, this draft in terms of receivers. So um, obviously, I would love to have uh, Jamar Chase on the Giants. We obviously haven't had uh, a real number one receiver since Odell, and it'd be nice to have uh, someone like that in the offense. But um, as Joe was saying, uh, he doesn't think Devontae Smith will be there at 11. I think it's the same case for Jamar Chase. Um, unfortunately, I, I think that, you know, 
Uh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith just set themselves ahead ahead of the bar, and I think that you know they they went above and beyond and had you know some of the best receiving years in SEC history for the both of them. So I don't think they'll both of them would be there, but I do disagree with uh, the trading up. It, it, it depends how many picks you're trading up. I, I don't think uh, you'd want to go up six or seven picks because then you'd have to give up a whole bunch of assets. But uh, if you see an opportunity there where you can move up two or three spots and uh, one of those guys is still on the board, uh, I, I wouldn't hate that at all. I, I think, you know, you got to take some chances. You got to take some risks sometimes when you see a player that I think uh, that you think can impact you uh, that much. So I think obviously having Jamar Chase would be great. And I really wouldn't mind if they move up a couple spots to go get him. You're muted, boss. Oh, my bad. My bad. Jalen Waddle coming off that injury, Zay. How would he fit in? Can the Giants get him at that 11th pick? I think he would fit in great. I don't believe we'll be able to get him at 11 because, like they said, Joe and um, Sean have mentioned already, he and um, the other receivers, Jamar Chase and um, Devontae Smith, have proven that they are like above and beyond the receiver position. So in order for the Giants to get them, they're going to have to move up. I think if you could package Evan Ingram and a pick and possibly move up, that way you're swapping picks and adding a player, then I would move up to get him. But if you can't, I don't think it's worth the risk when you have a player like um, Jalen um, Darden from North Texas who you can grab in the second round who's a shifty player. He's very quick. He's agile. He's catch the ball, possession receiver, big play receiver also. That's a player that I wouldn't mind going to getting in the second round if he's still available. All right. All right. I mean, and we talked a lot about wide receivers, but I think another big asset is the defensive end or edge rusher because in this system it's an outside linebacker. So, Joe, who is the best edge rusher that the Giants – could try and get from free agency or with that 11th pick or maybe even later in the draft. I think offense should be where they go first. And again, for me, there's so many good players in free agency and pass rushers. I, you know, the giants don't have a ton of money. They've got to resign Leonard Williams. I think that's an absolute must. So, you know, are they going to get you know the top guys? Probably not. But can they can they find somebody to complement that? Can they find a pass rusher in later rounds? Maybe. But I think their their number one focus in the first round's got to be offense. It, it it really does. I I don't see it going any other way. This offense has to score points. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned Jalen Waddle. I mean. You know, a guy coming off an injury. You got Saquon coming off an injury. Daniel Jones is always hurt. Ingram's always hurt. Shepard's always hurt. Um, hopefully, the Giants will will bring in a really solid training staff as these guys are all rehabbing their various injuries together. Might do a lot towards team building. But if the Giants don't start scoring more than eleven point eight points a game, it, it really doesn't matter who's on defense because they'll never win a football game. So I, I really I, I think whoever that number one pick is at eleven or whether they move up, it's got to be somebody that makes this offense better. All right, Sean, who's where on the defense should they if the Giants do choose to look that way in the draft, whether it is early on or later, who should they target? 
Um, I think, you know, the biggest name for the edge rushers, I, I think, is Gregory uh, Rousseau out of Miami. Um, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of him, but I, I think that if, if he is available, I think he's definitely the best edge rusher in this draft. Um, I, so I think that if there's no receivers at the board that you think is worthy of the pick, I, I think that you got to go that route. Um, the only other position I think could use any help is, you know, we can use help at the cornerback two position on the outside. But uh, obviously, pass rusher is the big one. So um, I, I kind of lean toward uh, Joe's way of thinking and uh, I think that, you know, we should address the offensive side of the ball and the draft and then uh, try to address, you know, pass rushing and, and defense side help uh, during free agency. But um, also, like he said, we, we have some other contracts to worry about, like Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams. So um, it will be interesting to see how Dave Gettleman tries to work this out. But I, I think that's the route he's going to go. I, I think that he will go offense um, in the first round and then uh, some defensive help. Uh, during free agency because there is a lot of good pass rushers out there like uh, Bud Dupree and uh, Shaq Barrett and Matthew Judon. Um, obviously, they're going to have a high price tag. So we'll be we'll see if uh, Gettleman's willing to go out and spend this offseason, you know, to really try and solidify um, the Giants getting into the you know playoff spot next year, really trying to um, have the rebuild, uh, you know, come to an end and actually, you know, try and, you know, put some product in the field and start winning some games. So um, I, I think that, you know, if, if, if Rousseau is there at edge, uh, you know, when we get to pick number eleven, I, I wouldn't hate that pick, but um, I also would like to, you know, get some of our edge rushers from the from the free agent pool. But uh, we'll see how it uh, ends up working out. All right, Zay. I mean, to Tony says it in the chat. Kyle Pitts is that someone that the Giants should look towards, Zay? I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't think I want to touch a tight end in top picks right now. I'd rather grab a tight end later in the draft. But I do agree with Joe on the fact that we would at 11 pick has to be offensive. Defensively, I still think we have players like um, Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin or Shane Zimenez and um, Lorenzo Carter, who were missed some time this year, who will come back next year, who I think we have to give time to, you know, get into this defense and find themselves in the defense. Because as we've seen that once players get into this defense, they seem to start to play better. So I think once we get those guys back, we'll be able to develop uh, more uh, a better pass rush, I guess, the best way to put it. And I definitely think offense is the route to go, but at tight end, I would probably stay away from it in the first round. I'm just not really, like, too big on any of the tight ends right now. Even Kyle Pitts, you're not? No. If, if I have to go first round, if, if I have to take a receiver in that position. To me, it just has to take a receiver. I really feel I like – I hate to float this idea. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and I feel like uh, it was overwhelmingly hated, but – is there a situation where the Giants sitting at 11, Kyle Pitts is, say, the best receiver of that group, say Waddle and Chase and Smith are all gone, and Pitts is there. Could you move Ingram to the slot and have Pitts be your tight end? I just wonder if that's – You think I he's going to catch outside? Uh -huh. He can catch inside. He's going to catch I outside. I do. I do. I think, again, I, I'm telling <laughs> you right now, if you if you take a look at where Engram generally has a problem, it's when he's in coverage on a linebacker, uh, probably with a safety coming over the top. And I and I think he's afraid. I think if he was lined up on a five nine cornerback, you know, or 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 a, a you know a, a a nickel or whatever have you lines up on him in in a in a, in that situation, I just think that that might be um a little more conducive to his style. And Pete uh, Pitts is a beast. He's a he's a freak of nature. If he can go over the middle and actually hang on to a ball in the NFL, then I think the Giants might get the best of both worlds from 
Ingram. Uh, otherwise, I think that the Giants have to realistically consider moving on from Evan Ingram because it's clear the fan – I mean, Daniel Jones, I got to say, Daniel Jones seems like he would be a good person to be in a relationship with. <laughs> Because if I was with somebody that let me down as often as Evan Engram did, I would never throw him the football. And the fact that he keeps going to his man, it tells me he believes in Evan Engram. And in the grand scheme of things, I mean, the drops are bad because of when they happen, not at the necessarily the frequency. If you look at the guys who lead the NFL in drops, the names are Antonio Brown, uh, Goodwin's up there. All the, all the best receivers, the guys that see the most targets are the ones that have the most drops. Again, Evan Ingram has found a way to really um, personify that like tenfold by having them be in clutch moments where games would have been literally over. I'm just saying I wonder if, if there's some scenario where if Pitts falls at 11, if that's not something in your thought, or – Draft pitch, move Ingram for something else. Yo, you say they have a lot of drops, but you're talking about Evan Ingram's a tight end with only 500 yards on the year. These other receivers, they average over 1,000 yards, receiving yards, even though they have a ton of drops. So, yeah, they drop a lot, but they also make up a lot of it with their catches. Evan Ingram doesn't do either. He doesn't catch the ball, and he doesn't get a lot of yards catching. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. So, what do you say? Ever since Ingram's been in the league. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ever since he's been in the league, he's led the league, led tight ends and drops, and he's a pro board. Sean, I want to build out a little bit of a fantasy scenario, and I want to hear you with it. So say Pitts isn't going at 11. Say there's a team behind the Giants that really need a quarterback. Say like a Mac Jones, a Kyle Trask at that 11 spot. Can the Giants trade that and package it with like an Ingram, maybe a Zeitler for like a Washington or a New England or something like that to trade back? Um, I I think they could try and package someone to trade back if they don't think there's anything of value at uh, the, the 11th pick. <clears throat> but I <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I don't think Evan Ingram will be attached to it. Um, I don't know how many teams would be willing to uh, take on Evan Ingram right now. And – um. Because, you know, obviously the season he just had, you know, he made the Pro Bowl, but uh, he had probably the worst year of his career. Um, you know, his first couple of years in the league, he couldn't stay on the field. And when he when he was on the field, he was actually pretty good. But this year, uh, you know, he didn't have a problem with injuries, but he just couldn't, you know, couldn't produce or dropping the ball all the time. So uh, I don't know how many teams would be willing to take on that contract. Uh, luckily, he's on the last year of his contract. We gave him the fifth year option. So maybe some teams would be willing to risk it more. You know, they they get one year to look at him and then they'll figure out if they want to give him that free agent contract. So. Um, obviously he's a dynamic, you know, playmaker when, you know, he is catching the ball and obviously he has the athleticism and the size to do it. So maybe some team wants to take a risk and, uh, you know, uh, use them as something, you know, they could work with down the line, uh, maybe as a project for their offense, but, um, I don't see Engram with really any value and uh, the, the things that we're going to get back. I don't, I don't see us getting a first round pick back, uh, probably not even a second round pick. I, I think his value definitely dipped off this season. So. Um, I, I think that, you know, we could trade back realistically, but I don't know how many teams will be willing to take on Ingram. But uh, Zeitler is another one that would make sense. He had a pretty good year last year. And uh, if the Giants want to move on to their young guards and, and try and, you know, develop them with Lemieux and Hernandez, then maybe they try to move on from Zeitler. But uh, those are two da- two names that definitely come to mind. Uh, and, you know, Nate Solder might be another one. But uh, 
I, I think that they should look into trading back if they don't see any value at 11 because you, you have to try and build those assets while your team still isn't, um, you know, the, the top of their uh, rebuild right now. He was targeted 109 times and made only 63 catches, which means 46 times when the ball went to Evan Ingram. They weren't all drops, kind of felt like it. No, they but, weren't. Some of them yeah, were interceptions. I mean, again, but but to, to speak to your point, Zay, you know, as far as being productive, I mean, to have 109 targets and 63 catches is not good. That is not they, what yeah, they would expect at all. Jeez. No, but they, I think they tried to get him involved in the offense, and uh, he just doesn't. I mean, he just didn't catch the ball, and uh, they gave him the opportunities. They schemed them up, open schemes, you know, where, for him to catch the ball, and he just he didn't come through this year, which is really disappointing um, to see. Like I said, you know, his first couple of years in the league, it was just because he was injured, but this year he's fully healthy, and he just he didn't show up. So uh, it was definitely disappointing to see. It's not about coming. It's the matter in which he didn't come through when most of his drop passes turn into interceptions or game-changing catches where he could have caught a ball against the Eagles and the Giants could have been playing in the playoffs. Or maybe he could have caught a big third or down that was against, uh, what was that, the, Dallas in the last game, I believe it was. We just had the long third and whatever that we almost that we almost didn't convert because of him. It, he, he drops the ball at the worst of times, and they end up turning into the wrong situ worst of situations. That's the issue. Well, here's the thing, and nobody should be surprised. You know, in, in 2018 and 2019, where he was hurt, played uh, 11 games in eight games, he had 64 targets and 45 catches, 68 targets and 44 catches. That was a catch rate of 64% and 70%. In his two full seasons, being his rookie year where he played 15 games, he was targeted 115 times. He made 64 catches. This year, 109-63. That is about a 56% catch rate, which as your go-to guy is god-awful. I mean, that is bad. Those are really bad numbers, and I don't know how the Giants, I don't know how anybody can expect Evan Ingram's top target to be that guy with those kind of catch numbers. That is pathetic, and 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 is really, to me, pro it, it it's emblematic what is wrong with this offense and why this offense no go so often it's and again we've seen it a million times where a pretty decent throw on third down just doesn't happen whether it's ingram or shepherd or you know somebody else not coming up and making a catch the giants really need to address what they're going to do with this receiving core because it is a second rate receiving core as it stands now it's they so need a they need a number one guy. They need real. They need a real pair of hands that's going to catch the ball seventy percent of the time. That's going to get thrown, you know, targeted a uh, hundred, ten, hundred, fifteen times. Not necessarily a number one guy, a reliable guy like an AJ Brown. I wouldn't say he's a superstar receiver, but he's definitely a reliable oh, receiver. AJ Brown's the number one receiver. I'm going to call him a, a number one receiver. I and he's a number number one. One. yes, he's a Zay number up. one, but he's not spectacular. He's not like he doesn't make the like the big. Odell take a slant to the house type of plays for me. He makes the plays that need to be made. I see him make the big catches when they need to be made, but I just I don't get it. You're confusing what ESPN calls a superstar to an actual productive person. I got I got you there. You're right. You're right. I'm with you. He's very productive. He catches the ball. He, he gets it when he needs to. But like I said, he's not a flashy receiver to me. He's not one of those, you know, Julio Joneses when they first came in the league to me. He's not one of those.
he's somebody you would forget about midseason if you weren't watching Tennessee. Oh. Uh, I don't agree with that, that at all. I, I, AJ Brown is a beast. I, he's, I a beast. Say he's not a bad receiver. Don't take my word for it. He's a great receiver, and he catches the ball when you need him to. But as far as that, I mean, like I said. Yeah, I, say no more. That's what I need. I, I mean, again, I feel that. like I, I see it. Like, <laughs> when Ryan Tannehill needs to make a throw, he needs a completion, needs a first down. Yeah, he's there. He throws I it do. to that guy every time, and A.J. Brown seemingly catches it every time. I want that guy. Again, and they also I, have Derrick Henry, too. Yeah, I listen, and we got Saquon Barkley. Listen, I, I'm not saying – I don't need a guy that's going to make 120 catches. I want a guy, though, if he's targeted 100 times, he's going to have 70 catches. That's all I want. I want to know that when the ball is thrown to that guy, he's usually going to catch it. That's, to me, that's the number one thing that the Giants need on offense is a – every team's got a guy they can go to. and Well, the good teams, I should say. Have that guy they can throw to when they need a first down. The Giants need to get him. I would say they have that in Shepard. I just think they need I, someone else to take the pressure. I don't know. I, think I, I agree with that. I love that you guys brought up A.J. Brown because I think a, one guy, to get back to the draft a little bit, one guy that would fit in as that number one receiver is Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. That dude's a freak. I mean, uh, his quarterback and his whole situation with the coaching change was uh, rough as far as wins go, but he performed. He performed at Ole Miss. But uh, now I moving into the conference championship, I, I, I got a little fun thing here, Joe. Now say we were to rewind back to 2017 and the NFL draft. Would you take Josh Allen over uh, Saquon Barkley right now? For the Giants? Are you talking about the 2018 draft? Yes, my bad. No. No, I'm still content with where the Giants are at. I, I, I still think it was the right thing to do. I think, again, I think when the Giants get this offense in order with that guy standing behind Daniel Jones, this offense is going to be what the Dallas Cowboys offense is. High scoring and productive. Right now, it's lame because most of the pieces are broken. They're still high scoring. <laughs> Who is? Dallas still scoring. No, I mean, I, I was talking about the Giants. I oh. mean, we need, we, we're broken. I mean, they, they, listen, they had their main piece broke. And, and I mean, not for nothing. Look at Andy Dalton's number compared to Daniel Jones's number. Blew him out of the water in half the starts. That's horrible. Giants got to do – I mean, look, it's the NFC East, and I know it's New York, blah, 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 run, blah, blah. You got to start scoring more points, plain and simple. It, there, you As good as this defense is, you're not going to – you're not going to be able to keep everybody under 12 points. Facts. So what do the Giants do? Got to score some points. Got to You got to get this offense right. But to suggest that Saquon Barkley – I know he's been hurt, and that sucks. Boo-hoo. So is Christian McCaffrey. I haven't heard a Carolina fan go, oh, that was stupid. What has that gotten Carolina? What what is having what has having McCaffrey gotten them? What what is what has Kamara done for New Orleans? Or Derrick Henry in Tennessee? Sing me a song, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, but look at what Every, everybody's got their I mean, stars get injured. That's how it goes. But when Saquon's in there, who's better than him? Nobody. No one. You're right. But they number two pick. That's what I want to know. Yes. Okay? Yes, yes, in 2018, I was 
I was under the impression and was still on board with the Eli train. Let's get this guy some weapons. All right. I I, I brought I up was that wrong. question to try and move on to the conference championship, but we did not do well. But let's talk about it Sunday. Oh, I see night. what you were doing there. Yeah. You wanted me to say, yeah, they should have taken Josh Allen. Oh, Josh I Allen. I, no, I just wanted you to focus more on the, Josh Allen. But Josh Allen at Kansas City. Joe, what do you like in this game? That's what I get for skipping the uh, the pre-show meeting. Um, yeah, listen, I uh, tell you what, I, I told you Kansas city was going to struggle and they did. I told you Baker could have won that football game and he could have, uh, Mahomes is obviously banged up. We'll see how that plays out. I think Josh Allen right now is right where he needs to be to take out Kansas city and go to their first super bowl since 1994. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I really have a feeling and I like what OV saying. I'm thinking Bill's Bucks in this one. The killer bees, baby. All right, Sean, what do you think of the matchup? Um, yeah, I, I would love to see Bill's Mafia get back to the Super Bowl um, after a long wait, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, Patty and the Chiefs are going to get it done. And, um, you know, the, the big knock on the Chiefs all year is that, you know, they haven't really, you know, finished out games and, you know, they haven't beaten teams in dominant fashion like they did last year. But I don't I, they don't need to. They know how to they know how to win games, even if it's close down to the wire. You know, they proved it against the Browns, you know, Andy Reid, you know, with a gutsy call on, on fourth down to Chad Henney. So. Um, I, that's what winning teams do. Uh, Andy Reid is a great coach, <clears throat> and as long as Pat Patrick Mahomes is fine, which I, you know, I think he'll be playing. I, I think the Chiefs will win this game. Um, although I think it, it will be a really good game. I think there'll be a lot of points. So uh, my best bet here, I would definitely uh, smash the over on this one with fifty four. But um, I, I think the the Kansas City Chiefs will win this one and head into uh, the Super Bowl. Zay, how, what do you think of it? Back to back for the Chiefs. I don't see it any other. I mean, obviously, the Buffalo Bills are a great team, but I'm from New York, and we don't consider Buffalo New York, so I don't want to see the Bills win when my Jets and Giants aren't in it. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in it, but I do believe the Chiefs are way too stacked. Even with all the – even if Pat Mahomes doesn't play, I still think they have a lot of offense that can help them win, and I still think that defense is pretty good. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. All, all I've seen, honest to God, is a, a month's worth of underwhelming football from the Kansas City Chiefs while the Bills are playing their best football of the year literally right now. Crazy time. And 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 seriously, not for nothing, um, I told you, if, if Lamar Jackson had to make a throw, that that was going to be a problem for the Ravens. And I was right. And that's unfortunate, but I'm telling you, I think Josh Allen's the guy right now. I I, I think you guys should really think on that a little bit. Uh, nope. Honestly, I, no. You've been warned. Joe. Joe, I'm with you. I, I think right now Josh Allen is the true MVP. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is. Nope. I, I like Josh Allen. What? The Bills are going to get the win here. It, I, you want to know why? You really think Josh Allen should have won MVP over Rodgers? No, I, I think he should. And Hector is going to explain why Aaron Rodgers is not MVP. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Hector Vasquez. I'm from the Hard Hitting Wrestling Show. You can tune in to us live every Tuesday night at 8 Eastern time. 
So, gentlemen, I have a question for you guys. Um, seeing how the Green Bay Packers have advanced over to the NFC Championship game for the second consecutive year, here's my question for you. What is the difference in your eyes between the last year's 13-3 and Green Bay Packers and this year's 13-3 and Green Bay Packers? Is this year's team better? And here's the reason why I ask this, because it seems that history has shown that as great as a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is, the Packers do not have a good resume when it comes to the playoffs. Green Bay has finished in first place 18 times since the Super Bowl merger, and here's what they've done. They've won three Super Bowls, but they've also lost three wild card games. They've lost five divisional games, and when it comes to conference championship games, they've lost five of those along with losing a Super Bowl. Okay, and also the reason I bring up the record of 13 and 3 because when they finished 13 and 3, they've won one Super Bowl, but they've lost the Super Bowl in 1997. They've lost the NFC Championship game in 2007 and in 2019, which was last year. So that's why I posed the question. Is this 13-3 team better or was the last year's team better? I would like to hear from you guys. Thank you for that, Hector. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I I think Aaron Rodgers is a great big phony. I'm going to say it. Every year, it's the same stuff. He, they're all, everyone's all like, he's MVP, he's MVP, but he can never get over the hump. When was the last time he went to a Super Bowl? He can't win in the playoffs. Tom Brady, a prolific playoff winner, and we obviously saw how much Belichick needed Brady. Brady's the guy. Brady's the go. He's going to get it done. It's going to be Bucks, Bills, and Brady's going to beat Buffalo. Yeah. Because of how well he knows it. And Buffalo's going to come up a, just a little bit short in the Super Bowl again. Joe, what do you think of Hector's question? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Aaron Rodgers has been talking a lot about, uh, you know, he's been dying to get one of these uh, conference championship games at home. Um, and uh, he's finally got what he wished for. But, I mean, the guy on the other side, I, I just don't see how you could bet against Tom Brady. It's not a smart move to make this time of the year. This guy comes up big. This guy finds ways to win. So, again, I'm taking both road teams in this, and and that's probably stupid. But I really do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, are going to beat Green Bay. And I'm not going to go as far as what Jay said, but – I think like some guys, uh, the postseason isn't necessarily when they shine, and and that's that doesn't mean that you're not a great player. Clayton Kershaw, uh, a prime example from the LA Dodgers, a guy who's you know great regular season guy, generally fails in the postseason. That doesn't mean he can't. I mean, uh, Clayton had one this year. No reason why he can't. But I don't know. There's just something about the the postseason and. Uh, my other thing is, it, it seems to me that when the Packers um, don't play well, it gets bad. Um, and I feel like this could be one of those, this could just be one of those games where I just think Aaron Rodgers comes out a little flat. I think the Bucks D looks pretty good. Not to say Green Bay's doesn't, but 
I'm excited for this matchup. I just have a feeling that if Tom Brady has a chance to pull this out, I I would never I I'm 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 over betting against Tom Brady. Put it to you like that. I get that. I get that. I mean, also the Bucks defense came in the clutch against the Saints. Two big interceptions. Uh, I mean, th- they took a, they picked apart Drew Brees. I think they're going to have a little bit tougher time with Rodgers. But, Sean, I mean, we're on Posting Up podcast together. What do you think of this statement by Ovi? Um, uh, I would – yeah, as much as I hate Tom Brady, uh, I, I would probably have to agree with that just because – I mean, LeBron, he's got a losing record in the finals right now. And I love my man LeBron, but I I probably would have to agree with that. Even though Lawrence Taylor is the greatest football player of all time, not Tom Brady. But um, anyways, uh, Hector, yeah, I thought he brought up – Michael Jordan uh, is better than LeBron James, too. Yeah. So there's certainly, there's certainly better better guys to be named uh, in, in many of these categories. I I, agree. I, I I think LeBron's number two, but I agree. I, I, I still have MJ number one. But uh, anyways, Hector's point uh, about the 13-3 and three teams, uh, I think he brings up some good points. They've obviously had some disappointing seasons, um, or not disappointing, disappointing postseason losses, but uh, two of the teams he mentioned, 1999 and 07, uh, were teams uh, quarterbacked by Brett Favre. So Aaron Rodgers didn't even have anything to do with those teams. So I just want to bring that up. And then the team last year, uh, I think the difference – from the team uh, this year to last year is the defense. I think the defense is a lot better, especially in the run game. Um, in the secondary, they've been a lot better. J- Jair Alexander is one of the best cover corners in the entire league. Uh, Adrian Amos is a, another really good safety and Darnell Savage. But then um, the pass rush started off slow this year with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, but they really got it going. So I think the difference from this year is the Packers defense is a lot more dominant than they were last year when uh, obviously they got exposed by the 49ers in the NFC championship, just got run all over. Uh, but with all that being said, I'm still gonna go with the Buccaneers. Um, the Bucks Chiefs was my Super Bowl pick when uh, <laughs> I had to make my case for the Packers, but I, I got to go with the Bucks. Uh, I, I picked them when we did the the first playoff show, so I'm gonna stick with my pick. But uh, I think it will be a really good game. I, I don't think it will be the blowout nearly that it was the first time when the Bucks won 38 to 10. But uh, I, I think it will be a shootout that uh, Tom Brady ends up pulling out in this one, and we'll get a, a Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. Anything to not agree with me? I love it. <laughs> I got. I got to give my my argument to the side. All right, Zay. How do you see this one going? I will never pick Tom Brady ever. First off, <laughs> he is the biggest fraud of all the frauds. If you want to talk about frauds, the man started 19 years of his career with six wins at the beginning of the year. Every year, that's two wins against his team, every team in his division. So let's start there. That's basically guaranteeing your playoffs. Second off, this team is different because of the co- coach. Matt LaFleur has came in, and since day one, people have been like, what the hell is he doing? He drafts a quarterback, and gets started getting weapons, and people go, you're stupid. This is the end of Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers shrugs his shoulders. And look at them now, playing in the NFC Championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl, where Aaron Rodgers will probably pick up his third Super Bowl ring. I have safe to say, this is the Packers year, people. Oh, second, I'm sorry. Yes, This is the Packers year, people. They will win it this year. They will win it beautiful. Wow, we lost Chase? Oh no! That's a first. That caught me completely off. Usually, he gets thrown off the show. Yeah, no, like this time his internet just told him it was time. He must be mad at me talking about his Tom Brady being a fraud, which he is. He is not the goat. I don't want to hear that anymore. If Tom Brady had to face the Giants six times in the Super Bowl, he'd be zero and six. If that was the case, I don't want to hear anything. But 
Well, if you had to face the NFC East six times, I'm just stalling now until JC comes back because I have no clue what the next topic is. But I do see the Packers winning, and I do see the playing the Cleveland Chiefs. I'm mean, sorry, Sanford, uh, 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 the Cleveland Chiefs. I'm losing my mind. The, uh, <laughs> the you know, <laughs> just to get back to uh, – we'll see if Jace can't make it back quick. Uh, but but uh, the the Bills and um, the Bills and the Chiefs, interesting in that the Bills traded that pick to the Chiefs. And got a nice haul for it, and that turned into some some pretty good players for Buffalo. But that number 10 pick and Mahomes actually belonged to them in 2017. And so I think there's a little extra motivation for this team to win that game because yeah, see, most people don't even know that. The idea that Pat Mahomes wait, could have been a bill is we like gotta, it's gotta be sitting there. We gotta pause it. Ovi's back. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we swapped out uh, OV for Jace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good timing. <laughs> I would like to uh, readdress this issue, if you don't mind, Joe. Uh, Tom Brady, you don't consider him as the greatest of all time? Really? Yeah, he's not. And, you're gonna, and your argument is based out of what again? The man starts every year with six wins. When he was playing... And he's playing at AFC East. He started off every year with six wins. He's beating the Jets. He's beating the Bills. And he's beating. <laughs> but the- is that his fault? Or is it because they're that good when he's there with the Patriots? No, it's just that the division sucks. The division sucks. Suck. Like suck. every team that goes the in there. I mean, look at the Giants at 97. They sucked the whole year. Besides those two years, the Jets went back to back AFC championships. Has that division not been completely terrible? Completely how, many, how many rings does Tom Brady have? Five, six. And know. eventually he has to play against good teams in the playoffs. Am I right? right. He's not playing yeah, against the You just got to win two games. Zay, Zay, it doesn't matter. If they were garbage, they would not win playoff games. But they win. It does, it does help to have one. And at the same too. time, he went to Tampa Bay and he is winning again. So let me ask you this again. In a pandemic, he is not the greatest no of all time. Hold on, we're talking about a year with no offseason, no training camp, where a lot of teams yeah. come on late in the year. Let's be real. If he had to face the face of real, if he had to face you need to be credible on why he is not the greatest of all time. Got to be credible. You have to. I still haven't heard not one real reason. If the Giants had played their cards right, and had it's a not about the game. Giants anymore. They it's about Tom Brady. I guarantee they would have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that play that wild card matchup. Tell me how many wide receivers Tom Brady in his whole career with the Patriots and still was able to take the team to the Super Bowl. How many different wide receivers? There's never the same. The game plan is always different. So tell me again, why is Tom Brady not the why greatest? Why do we never talk about those years? Why do we never talk about the years he never made this? He only won six Super Bowls. They still what? Wait, over many, 20 years. So let's talk about the four. It doesn't years. matter. Stick with the that's, top. Yeah, Tom Brady. That's Tom still Brady. dominant. Six Super Bowl wins in 20 years is dominant. So yes, I, I, I'm not denying his dominance. I'm not denying his. Dominance. And that's a legacy to where no other quarterback has ever done that before. Him greater than Aaron Rodgers when most of his statistics are bloated because of the terrible division okay, he plays. Hold in. on for a second. Hold on, Aaron Rodgers. Not even close. At Tom Brady's level. And a lot of people yeah. like to say 
Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that. Aaron he Rodgers. hasn't done anything. And I like to go back to what Joe was saying. That guy, he could have a good regular season. But Tom, in the playoffs, he has struggled. How many Super Bowls does he have? How many losses? Again, we just listened to Hector when he just I, said all his stats about Aaron Rodgers. What's so funny about that is because when Peyton Manning was funny. playing, it's when he was playing and he didn't have that many rings. But let's not get into that conversation. He I'm couldn't sorry. show up in the playoffs at all. Peyton Manning was considered the GOAT at one time. He couldn't show up in the playoffs at all for the most of his career. Every and that's why he's not anymore considered okay. the GOAT, and Tom Brady it's is. It's a joke to me, honestly. Because, like I said, when you play in a division where you're given six wins every year, you just okay. have to win three other games after that to make the playoffs, bro. But you got to play the game. game. You still, you still got to win the playoffs. So, yeah, better stats than Aaron Rodgers. But if you gave me one game to win it all, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. One game so, to win it all, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. Zay, he's, better, hey. he's physically better. Hey. He, can throw, he has a better arm. He moves better in the pocket. I think he reads defenses just as well. I don't. I think again. The only thing Brady has over him is the stats. That's Zay, it. Hold on for a second. And the ring. So he's been, That's so what I mean. He has defeated the Steelers. Huh? He's, def he's defeated the Steelers. He's defeated who else? The Ravens. The Colts. Okay. The Col I mean, we the list goes on of all the teams that he has played in the playoffs and he has won convincingly. And you're still gonna tell me just because he's in AFC that automatically it doesn't matter. You the, uh, the name of the game is getting into the playoffs and then beat those guys. And he has done it time after time. Again, so again, I'm still again, trying to understand you. This is a man me who has who has come into, like I said, a, a ton shit ton of luck. Let's oh, not talk about the tuck rule. Luck. Let's talk been, about luck, Joe. Yeah, his first Super Bowl should be canceled if you want to. No. All right. Joe, Joe, one I more, one more right. before I go. One I more before I go. He's go to me, I, get, I said he has the, the championships. He has all that. But physically, if I had to pick a quarterback, one quarterback better, Aaron Rodgers is better than me. He throws better. He has a stronger arm. He's more accurate to me. Okay. I, I feel like he's the better quarterback. Brady may have the more championships and the better stats. But Aaron Rodgers to me is the better quarterback. Just simple just remember this. Just remember this before we move on to the next topic. Tom Brady came in after Drew Bledsoe got injured and took the team to the Super Bowl. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me tell you something. I, I actually grew up watching Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana. And I remember having that debate, who which of those guys was better. And I always thought it was Joe Montana. And then Joe Montana went to Kansas City and couldn't get nothing going. Uh, and then and then Peyton Manning came along and and he was the goat. And uh, and then Tom Brady showed up and showed everybody how it was done, plain and simple. He's he's the I mean nine. He's been in nine Super Bowls. That's ridiculous. Yes, it's one every year. Yeah, to to suggest that you would take another quarterback over Tom Brady in a championship game is an absurd yeah, thing. Give me Aaron Rodgers all day, and I mean that to the, to the bone. I mean it to the. You bone. would lose That's a lot absurd. of your game. Yeah, yeah. you would Brady lose a lot of the He has had the benefit to not having to face a pass rush like the Giants pass rush every. Uh, thank God every championship because he'd be throwing it away like he did. Hey, I got a question for he you. He should have lost the Atlanta championship if Atlanta knows how to. Freaking hold on to it. Should have, but didn't. I mean, two-minute drill, fourth quarter, 
Who are you Aaron trusting? Rogers. You're trusting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Mary Rogers. In the Mary Super Bowl. Mary Rogers. Hey, does right. anybody remember in 2007 when he had like 20 seconds and he almost came back and beat the Giants? Did we forget that happened? Almost came it back and beat the Giants. He got sacked three times on the last drive. And he threw a ball into the end zone that barely made it. So when did he almost beat the Giants and come back in 07? Bro, he threw the ball into the end zone as time expired. I mean, that's that yeah, that was a little three times. It's a little a little too close for comfort. He got sacked three times and he still put the ball in the end zone before the game was over. Yeah, because the Giants would hope that the defense could at least smack because, the ball down. You would at least hope they could smack we'd have sacked him three times, at least smack the ball down. Oh as long as there's time on the clock, there's nobody no. more lethal than Tom Brady. You can give that guy eight seconds. That's the guy I want with the ball. It, uh, there, and he's, got, the he's got the track record to back it up. Apparently not against the Eagles and Giants in the Super Bowl. He struggles with the NFC East. The guy's got some kind of weakness. Everybody's got a kryptonite. Yes, That's sir. it. All That's right. his. And it's all the proof you need that the NFC East is and always will be the best division in football, regardless of records. It's a different style of football. All right. Okay. That was great. But we have to wrap up drawing about the G-Men. Uh, I'm sorry I, I went out there. I don't know what happened. Thank you guys for taking over. But And then that got heated. That was good. Solid. But for myself, Big Jace, for Joe Aguirre, Sean Scanlon, King Zay, and Ovi, thank you guys for watching. And drawing about the G-Men is brought to you by Clovercrestmedia.com. Come join the CMG Podcast Network or check out any of the other CMG Sports uh, podcasts. I mean, we got Posting Up with Sean and Zay, Hard Hitting Wrestling with Hector, who gave us that question today, and Ovi and myself. And then Joe's on a bunch of different stuff. Divided we stand. I'll piss you off shortly. So make sure you go to CloverCrestMedia.com. Check that out. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope to see you next Wednesday for more drawing about the G-Men. Later. Later.